And we welcome you to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shoptoff, C70 at the bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, is, as always, Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman. We actually have baseball news. Baseball. We have baseball, Tara. I mean, that's what's, uh, I mean, not not officially yet because there's still one more, two more steps to do. But um, we actually look like there's going to be a season, even if it had to be mandated by the commissioner. Yeah, and that has been not a sure thing most of the last couple of weeks. And man, it's it's unfortunate that we're getting this news. And I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm almost more annoyed than I am excited. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I I wish that that wasn't the case because, you know, we do this show and, and we write about this team and we're so invested because we love baseball and we love the Cardinals and we love talking about it and, and being invested in what happens on the field and who the players are off the field. Um, but I'm just so bothered by how all of this has played out and still a little bit apprehensive about whether or not it actually comes to fruition that as much as I would like to be excited that, you know, hey, looks like baseball is actually going to be back in some form for the remainder of the summer, even if it's an incredibly limited number of games compared to the norm. I don't know. I just I'm not as excited as I think I would have been had some conclusion been reached a month ago because there's been so much back and forth that just really spoiled everyone on the process and on the people involved. And look, I've been very pro player in all of this, but it doesn't, that doesn't negate the fact that the back and forth has been ugly and it's not fun to watch. No, I agree. You know, Derek Gould today on Twitter, as you know, the the players were taking their vote or whatever, he was pointing out that, you know, today was the day they did all the Jack Buck games on MLB network and the timing was going to work out. So the ninth inning of game five with Ozzy's home run was going to happen about the same time. We were going to get these announcements and people, you know, maybe go crazy would make more sense. And I was like, you know, I, for me, even if there's a season, you can't, I mean, it's not an excitement thing. Yeah. It's uh, I don't want to say it's, it's obviously not resignation, but it's like, it's just a, okay, yeah, now we've gotten the minimum that we can get. We've gotten it after all the situations. We've really come to the very, very end. You can't be excited about something that was, you know, pulled and dragged and and really got to the point where you got the very, I don't know, I said the minimum. I mean, they, they could have canceled the season entirely, but that didn't seem very likely when the coaster had the option to implement a season like we're seeing. So, I, yeah, it wasn't really exciting. It's like, okay, we can finally move on. So, so um, you mentioned, of course, that you have been, well, we both have been, been very pro player in, in all this because the owners have been, I don't know, they, their, their uh, offers have been all the same, at least until this past week, when then they offered 60 games of pro rata, which is um, what the players were voting on today after their, counterproposal went nowhere did it bother you that after a week or so of tell us where tell us when we want to play we're going to play all this kind of stuff that they then come out and reject the owners um you know in their best offer let's put it that way i don't know if you want to put good faith into it or whatever but at least a more reasonable offer um 
And I mean, granted, we're going to get about the same stuff, but it, you know, they come out and it, you would have thought they would have been more accepting, I guess is what I'm trying to say with that kind of slogan. Yeah. You know, I think I saw something about this today that made it make a lot more sense to me in that when and where sort of became this rallying cry. But mm-hmm. as far as the statement to MLB, it was the players saying, we're done negotiating. We're not changing the agreement that we already have in place. So go ahead and do the mandate, do whatever you're going to do, and we'll show up and play. Now, that did give them the leverage of filing a grievance if they felt like that was done. I'm so tired of saying in bad faith, but (laughs) in bad faith. But that wasn't so much, I think... The version of that that became the rallying cry, right? The the thing that Mike Trout was tweeting about and the thing that became a hashtag that was trending and, and that w- was put on t-shirts and all those things. That gave the impression that we'll do whatever we have to do to get on the field, which mm-hmm. would have implied we're willing to, you know, come to an agreement that's reasonable. When in reality, it was pulling back entirely from the negotiating process and saying, we're done with this. So you have the authority to create a season in whatever image you want it to look like. So do it and then we'll show up, but we're done with the back and forth. That's not being done in good faith. So I don't know that that changes how it felt to see them go right back into the fray in the back and forth negotiating more publicly than probably was necessary. But I do think it makes a little more sense if you think about it more technically than emotionally in what they were actually saying, what they were actually telling Major League Baseball and the owners that they were going to do or willing to do. But you're right. It, And I, I think I tweeted about it at the time. Whether you're pro player or not, that didn't feel good. <laughs> it didn't look good. And it kind of created this. Um, it, it sort of. I'm going to say this this way and it's not going to make a ton of sense, but I'll explain. It kind of broke the spell, right? The, the players mm-hmm. were creating this this incredibly powerful momentum and people were realizing, wow, okay, the players are the ones who want to get this done and get on the field. They, they had all the, the favor on their side or, or more people coming to their side. And then when the negotiations kicked back in, it felt like somebody snapped and everybody woke up and was like, Oh, Oh, it's really not that magical. And you know, they're really not that, you know, selfless or whatever it was that it seemed like with the one and where. So I don't know if that answers your question. I feel like I'm just Mm -hmm. rambling because that's how, what all of this has done to my brain, (laughs) but it, it, you're right. It didn't, it didn't come off well. And I don't think that it maintained that momentum in favor of the players. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, if, if they had, if they had maybe rejected the owner's 60, with that argument of no, we're not negotiating anymore. We're just going to play, you know, but then to come back and say, well, no, we want to do 70. Well, you know, it was like they went back to negotiating a little bit. And so, yeah, you're right. I think they did lose a lot of momentum on that. Um, You know, I still think for the most part, they're the right. And, you know, they're going to, they're going to probably, they have, you know, being that they rejected the owner's offer, they left themselves open to, being able to file the grievance because that was one of the big things the owners wanted to try to avoid. It's just really what got them off of the um, prorate of a prorate. You know, they actually came back to a normal 
um, offer because of the grievance, that's still available. And I imagine that the, the players will be filing that at some point in time. Do you think that they lost a little bit of ground there as well with the owners coming out and finally giving them a pro rata offer? I think that they backed the owners into a corner with that and Mm. maybe got what they were hoping for in the first place. I think they may likely still have grounds in a number of other ways based on what we've seen and what we've heard discussed about how they felt like that March contract or the March agreement had been violated in some way. But I I do think that they got what they were trying to get out of creating that space, right? Creating that leverage where they knew that they had them if the owners refused to abide by that agreement, at, at least in this sense. So I don't know that it's necessarily they they lost something that they wish they still had as much as it is they maybe got what they were trying to get in the first place. Yeah. I, I just want, I still feel like they're probably going to file that grievance. Yeah. And I think they have a case because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the owners drug their feet to the point that <laughs> they're basically getting what they want because mm-hmm. there's just no time left. Um, whereas if they had maybe engaged on a more fair basis a little earlier, we might've gotten yeah. 70 games or 80 games or something of that nature. So there's an option there, but you know, until this last offer by the owners, I mean, it really was, we're just giving you the same stuff in a different package. And for them to finally make a step off, I guess it really just depends on, you know, whatever arbitrator hears the thing and how far they think that, you know, the owners showed uh, a little bit willingness to, to argue or negotiate versus just kind of doing their own thing. So that's for later on though. Thankfully, I don't imagine that'll be going on right now. That'll probably go on, you know, right after the playoffs are done. So we can (laughs) get back to this exciting time of, of labor uh, manipulation. But um, the, the, uh, the teams are supposed to start assuming everything gets signed off on by tomorrow, which is seems to be a very likely possibility. The teams are supposed to be at their um, home stadiums by July 1st, which is a week from Wednesday. And the season will start, I think it was July 26th, um, just in time for our birthdays, which was nice. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have to have a, a non-baseball birthday, which is very, very bad. I had one that was last year. It was not good. Mm. Um can this all come together though in a week? I mean, it, we don't, we're not hearing the obstacles right now and maybe that'll be as the week progresses and we see, but you know, it still feels like as we saw a lot of cases this, uh, out of Florida and all the spring training sites are now shut down. Um, I, it's, a, it's still a little bit concerning about trying to get everything together in just basically seven days or so. Yeah. There are just some normal logistics that would be involved there guys who haven't returned to their the the cities in which they play or guys who returned to family overseas or mm-hmm. figuring out what that roster looks like and and how many people are on it and who's on the taxi squad and where you're going to put them I mean I know that the Cardinals got permission to to have that group play or work out or whatever they're going to be doing in Springfield which is further than the original um 
protocol. But so all those things are just like the normal X's and O's logistics of, of travel and keeping people safe in the process. And then there's the added layer of making sure the health and safety protocols are all in place, which we haven't heard nearly enough about in mm -hmm. light of how much we've heard about the financials of this conversation. But it does seem like that's still a bit of a hang up in the players signing off on things. I have just in the last hour, though, seen some tweets that suggest most teams have put protocols in place on their own. And the guys who are working out in their home stadiums are following those protocols every day and they have an idea of how to make those things work. So maybe this is a situation where the teams realized they were only going to have so much time once an agreement was reached and decided to kind of move ahead of the official mandate or protocol or whatever it is and put some of those parameters in place so that they knew they were functioning smoothly and effectively to the best of their ability before they had you know just a few days to actually make sure everything's working that's been a big concern of mine is that once you finally settle on what those those health and safety regulations are going to be you have to have time to put them in place and you have to have time to make sure that they're functional and not just theoretical. And that's what we haven't heard a whole lot about. But um, Marley Rivera was tweeting about some teams uh, talking to some players who are at their home ballparks and all of those testing protocols and the, the reporting procedures seem to be in place already for some of those teams, which I think would make this whole thing more doable if you know, signing off on the health and safety piece of this agreement was kind of a formality that reinforced what is already being done. Yeah, um, that that is a good thing that they are kind of getting together. It's just, I don't know. I mean, once you see what happened in Florida, you just, I mean, I think there's a lot of concern, and there has been this whole time, obviously, about how far we're going to actually get into this. Um, and hopefully we can keep it together. But, you know, it also requires on the, the restraint of, you know, 20 to 30 year old men. Um, it's not always a good thing to be betting on. So um, hopefully they'll stick to these procedures and, and things of that nature. We're still also trying to figure out what this is going to look like in regards to schedule, in regards to, roster size i was i was kind of looking to see if i could find out if the march agreement set that kind of thing i don't think it did is is that going to be part of this health and safety too is that i mean there was some discussion on twitter today that the dh would be part of that um as part of universal or or the second you know the runner on second and extra innings as a health and safety thing um are all these agreements just going to be kind of sorted out through that realm or are we just gonna or is this another thing you think that the commissioner could just kind of implement yeah i'm not sure because the details of what was reported as far as the size of those rosters or the taxi squads or how that was mm -hmm. all going to work out they they were kind of vague parameters not specifics so i don't know if that is something that 
is still in negotiation, right? Because really, the reality is there are a lot of pieces to this, and we've only heard about the money. <laughs> yeah. So there's so much that has had to be discussed. I can only imagine that it has been that isn't part of what has played out so publicly. What those rosters look like, in some degree, I think is more significant from a health standpoint than the DH or the runner on second base in extra innings. Those pieces, they're going to find a way to make it sound like it's about health and safety, but uh, we discussed before we started recording, that's real dumb (laughs) to me. (laughs) And uh, anyone who buys that is, you know, I I want what they're having um, (laughs) because it seems way less stressful, but yeah, they're going to push some things through and, and call it, health and safety related when I I don't know that that's going to make a whole lot of difference. I mean, let's be real. They tried to play off. I don't know. I don't know where this came from. The the reports we were seeing tried to play off the runner at second base thing as a health and safety issue because it would shorten the amount of time spent at the ballpark, (laughs) which is comical considering that's the very end of what I can only imagine is a five hour time span as it is right so that that extra half an hour is not (laughs) likely going to be what does somebody in so they're gonna try to pass off some of those things and and we're gonna roll our eyes and uh, maybe hate what it's doing to baseball for this season but then then the players will have a chance to uh create some sort of clean slate or just more debating publicly when the cba comes up yeah, I just pulled up the old article from um, Ken Rosenthal on that, you know, when he was talking about that 67 page mm-hmm. document. Um, and even then, even in that article, it says changes to the rules for the 2020 season are pending. So it's not even, I mean, it's kind of in, I guess it's in there or they'll put it in there. But uh, yeah, the fact that it, act, if it, is it actually health and safety no it's just a way to you know get something done um i I don't know i i'm I'm hopeful that they won't do the dh but you know again the 2020 season is is pretty much i mean it's it's just a mess and you just i don't know that anybody i don't know if anybody's gonna put any weight on it whatsoever i mean even if the cardinals win the world series i mean is that gonna matter to us that much it'll be interesting what this looks like and how we feel about it 30 games in right Mm -hmm. because i think right now it's hard to imagine any sort of postseason after a 60 game regular season feeling legitimate right but there is part of me that thinks legitimate or not it's still cool (laughs) and it's still baseball on uh, a national stage and especially in light of how long we've gone without the escape of sports I think that it will be significant assuming we get to that point I think it'll be significant even if it's in a different way and I know it's I've thought about this season and and what I would make of a a shortened season that's so significantly shortened and and how you place that kind of in history with the way that baseball has been able to compare season to season because of the consistency across the board. 
and I think I came to terms a long time ago with feeling like this is going to be valid and legitimate all on its own, but not in any way that you can directly compare to anything else because there's nothing else that you can compare this season to. And in my mind, I've, I've sort of gotten to the point where I'm settled with that enough to separate whatever happens in 2020, including the postseason, including the World Series, as kind of this weird thing that happened in the course of history that doesn't compare with anything else. And then sort of in isolation, I can appreciate it for what it is and the significance that it has sort of as an island in in a, the minds of baseball fans. I don't know that that means that it will match up to what it would feel like winning a World Series after 162 games mm. in the regular season. But I think that the emotional weight of getting to that point, like I said, assuming we get to that point in the season will it'll still feel really good regardless of you know how it feels compared to anything else it's gonna be interesting to see i i'm not as convinced as you are maybe on that um i mean it very well may i mean it may be that once you sit down and you watch a week of baseball and you forget about it but um i don't know i mean and i don't even think you have to forget about it not not to you know, right. Not to interrupt, but just to kind of reinforce what I'm saying, I don't think that it has to be either significant in the same way or insignificant entirely. And the only way to do that is to kind of find a place in your mind to separate it and just appreciate it for what it is while recognizing what it's not and understanding that it's not going to feel like something that it isn't which was a very confusing sentence. So if you stuck with me to the very end of that, congratulations. Uh, you are off to a much better start than I am because I even lost myself in that sentence. The point though is that like, you're right. It's not, I don't think it's ever going to feel like last season in August felt. So to enjoy it or not enjoy it, you're going to have to find a way. We're all going to have to find a way to let it be different in every possible way other than that it's still baseball, but appreciate that it exists in some form if if we're going to be able to, you know, enjoy it the way that we're all hoping we will. I mean, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's the case. I just... I don't know. I don't know. Of course, it's it's completely different, and you're not really going to know until you get into yeah. it how we're going to react to that. But just, I mean, you know, opening day at 100 degrees on opening day or whatever, <laughs> and um, you know, the idea of and especially, I think the the postseason is going to be so strange mm-hmm. because of the lack of fan. I mean, the regular season will be as well, but. Um, you know, when they win, a, you know, if you win a, uh, the, the game at home uh, in the World Series and you're celebrating in the field and there's no noise, that's going to be <laughs> yeah. very weird. It's going to be very strange to watch those, re- you know, those highlights, you know, in 10 years or whatever, the team that uh, tries to watch these again. And I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, I'm sure, I'm, you know, we have adjusted and, and we can adjust and I'm sure that things will, but uh, it's going to be very odd to see yeah. this. And this is a start of 
what will be a very odd cycle of baseball, I, I think. I mean, you're getting, you know, we've talked a lot about already about what free agency looks like this year, mm-hmm. which is going to be minimal. And then you go through all of next year with the CBA hanging over people's heads. And then you have the CBA come up at the end of in December of next year, which is likely, I mean, nothing about this agreement makes you think that a strike or a lockout isn't coming, right? <laughs> yeah. No, so I, there's no love lost in uh, the, over the course of this. And that's not even counting the fact that they may file this grievance and then have this battle to go along with this, which would again, put a damper on free agency even more so this year. And, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a, uh, it's really, you know, and that's again, as we often say, that still doesn't even take into account what the minor leagues look like mm-hmm. um, after this year because they're not happening. Um, I, I think that's, I think they can uh, officially say that by now that there's, <laughs> that's not happening. Um, it's weird. There's no doubt about it, but at least we know, at least I can see the end of my everyday posting schedule now so that's a that's a positive now that we're gonna get baseball back you're not gonna post for the entire season that's right <laughs> not, i'm not even bothering you know so uh and nobody will notice it's okay um it's uh so what are you i mean if you are gonna have some excitement about this and again like we said earlier it's not quite what you would think of hey baseball's back but is is there something particular that you're looking forward to as we now at least have some general idea of the parameters of the season? I feel obligated to say Colton Wong. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, similarly, if I could talk, similarly, I, of course, am looking forward to this sort of new and improved version of Jack Flaherty and how that plays out actually on the field. But I also, you know, as much as, it's hard to take seriously a whole lot of what's going on with this and how this season will play out. The opportunity to play central division teams from the AL as well as the NL, assuming that's what this still looks like. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a while since th- that was actually discussed. And I don't think, yeah, that's another thing. I don't think it's been finalized. Yeah. Either. Yeah. But assuming that that's what we're still looking at, it presents an interesting opportunity to see players and to see teams that you otherwise wouldn't see in the same context. Now, keep in mind, it's not like we're playing the entirety of a 162-game season against only AL Central opponents. So it's not like we're going to see them substantially more (laughs) just because there aren't that many games on the calendar. Right. But Mm -hmm. it does create an interesting opportunity. And I think Alex and I talked a while back on chirps about the fact that this kind of emphasizes that regional nature of baseball. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're only playing teams really in in the central time zone, we're not going to have to stay up all night watching those West coast trips and, and figuring out, where the Cardinals are on which coast and how they're traveling and all those things. So it's a unique opportunity to see different teams, see players that you normally wouldn't see and, you know, basically be on the same schedule all the time. (laughs) 
Yeah, pretty much every game is going to be seven oh five or yeah. one fifteen. Uh, it's, it's pretty much unless there's some sort of national broadcast that that tinkers with that a little bit. So yeah, there is there is that for sure. It's also going to be very interesting to see, as you pointed out, you know, talking about Jack Flaherty, you know, the pitchers are only going to get about you know nine to ten starts yeah. in this thing, and especially those first early starts may not even be five innings. One bad game could really ruin your season. Um, at least statistically, uh, it could be very difficult to absorb, uh, you know, six or seven runs given up in a couple of innings, uh, cause there's not going to be the many innings to bring it down. So it's going to be interesting to see how we think of these seasons and maybe not even yeah. us, maybe like the next generation of fans right. that, um, look and say, wow, how did Jack Flaherty have a four ERA in 2020 and our 450 ERA? What's going on there? You know, um, that kind of thing. And not really knowing the context of you're just lucky you had him. Um, <laughs> so just, just take it. Well, <laughs> and it'll, on that same note, it'll be interesting to see how that sort of thing impacts. You're talking about free agency, but so much of that is formula based now right based mm-hmm. on what those statistics look like when you're talking about arbitration which will impact jack flaherty if yeah. you have a season where the numbers are really skewed how much is that going to be used against you almost in this process that typically is structured to work against the players instead of for them so He's talked about that. Tommy Pham has talked about that. The players tend to go armed with stats that make them look really great. The teams tend to go armed with stats that make them, you know, seem a little less great, which has to be a really frustrating thing to hear from your employer. But nonetheless, the stats are all going to be very skewed, whether they're good or bad. And I'll be curious Mm -hmm. to see how that impacts some of those conversations that have less to do with the actual production on the field and more to do with once again, how guys are getting paid. I will note, I found this while ago in the March agreement that at least according to, I think Jeff Basson and, and Colin McDaniel's article here, um, that the arbitration system would be adjusted to consider lessened accounting statistics for okay. the shorter seasons. Yeah. What that means, like <laughs> they said, like the, I'm reading this on MLB trade rumors, and they come along and say, does if he hits, Chris Bryant hits 20 home runs in an 81 game season. Does it count as 40? And obviously we're not getting 81 games, but you know, if you hit 20 and a third, does that count as a 60 you know, right. game season or whatever? Um, I, I don't know. We don't know how that's going to work. It's going to be adjusted. They're going to take that into account. And they also said that these would not be counted in the precedence going forward. So whatever salaries can get awarded, don't really, you can't use Jack Flaherty's, you know, arbitration this year as a basis for your case next year. Yeah. Mainly because of that. So, which is something, I guess. I also read somewhere, and I don't know if it's actually true, but it was at least indicated that the options, mm-hmm. you know, vesting options and things like that would be prorated as well. We'll mm-hmm. see if that's the case. Um, it's, uh, which I mean, that might be a way for Andrew Miller to get his option for next year. <laughs> um, but it's still difficult. I mean, you're still going to have to put that kind of those kind of numbers together in a 60 game season that, you know, and you know, it's kind of interesting, Tara, I don't know if we've gone a little bit longer, but it's kind of funny that, you know, when this all started, we thought, Oh, we're going to be seeing double headers every, you know, 
once yeah. a week at least and a lot of that and now as far as we know we're not gonna see the devil any devil headers won't be any of that um the owners really seem negative and like you said they don't want to spend that much time at the ballpark but if you've been there for four hours what's another four you know mm-hmm. yeah it's I, I don't know the way this is all shifted so dramatically from some of those early imaginations of what mm-hmm. a season could look like boy we we made some assumptions early on that looked nothing like what we're actually going to end up with that's for sure no because no, we assumed by this point in time fans would probably be back in stands right yeah no, i mean yep. not just the baseball would be back but fans would be right. back by mm-hmm. now. and you know that's that's not going to happen so anyway there's going to be a lot of things to discuss over the next month um and and talking about what this season might look like and what you can do or strategies you might have and we'll use that to to talk about next time around but um until next time for tara i'm daniel good night hey cardinals fans thanks for listening to this week's show if you liked what you heard you can find us on itunes just search gateway to baseball heaven under podcasts and click subscribe While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.